0: Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. My grandmother, Grand Anne, was a legend of a woman. Her wit was one of a kind, her sharp tongue was greatly to be feared. She wrangled grandchildren and our unruly group of friends with energy far younger than herself, than someone of her age. Her sense of adventure carried her on senior citizen safaris through Africa, a cruise through Alaska, tours of Turkey, and down the river in France. Grenanne's memory was also impeccable, sometimes to the detriment of those around her. We never lived down the year we threw her 80th birthday party the weekend before her birthday and not on the day of her birthday. Her passion for life and love for those around her never diminished. More importantly, she was and remains a giant in my life. She moved from Tennessee to Alexandria to help take care of me the year I was born. My parents would drop me off with her on their way to work every day. When I was in third grade, we moved so that we'd have a first floor bedroom for Ann. She was physically present for my entire childhood and remained a pillar of strength until the day she died. We were very, very close. As Grenanne's body undeniably aged, our family made the decision that a nursing home was the safest and most responsible option. For two years, she lived just four miles from my childhood home, which meant that someone from my family could visit daily. As many of you have undoubtedly experienced, the decision of how to care for family members who need extra medical attention is challenging at best. There is so much that goes into the decision of wanting to ensure that your loved one is getting the quality of care that you yourself would give. We were blessed in finding the people and the home that we found for Grand Anne. Among them was a woman named Victoria who worked on my grandmother's floor. She was from Tanzania, had one of the most stunningly beautiful smiles I've ever seen and an incredibly deep faith. Along about her 91st year, my grandmother's body gradually deteriorated. She didn't contract a disease, and her organs still functioned well, but she was put in hospice care, as all signs indicated she would not live much longer. As she lost interest in eating, her mind remained sound, and her spirit always joyful. One afternoon, when I was visiting with Grand Anne, she started singing a hymn. I sang along with her and afterwards asked what had brought those particular lyrics to mind. She told me that it was a part of her morning routine. On the days when Victoria gave her a sponge bath, they sang hymns together. Grenan commented that Victoria sometimes got the verses out of the order, but she didn't mind that much. A statement of true mercy for a woman with her kind of standards. She treasured her time of worship in a way that I could only imagine was the most boisterous out-of-tune forms. Victoria's loving care. It was more intimate than I could make sense of, and yet at the same time gave me a deep sense of peace. She hadn't grown up with Grinian. She hadn't even known my grandmother until she'd landed on her call. She had no reason to love her. She had no reason to share the deep joy of her soul. She had no reason to gently anoint her body and share the praise with her that her lips could not help but sing. One day I worked up the courage to thank Victoria. It was inarticulate and incomplete, but I wanted her to at least have some idea that I was grateful. Our conversation quickly turned and she told me the stories of the love that my grandmother had shared with her. She'd watched many people live and thrive to the point of discharge from her care, and she'd also watched a great many die. Victoria was convinced that my grandmother lived as long as she did, despite her body's decline, because she knew she was loved. Victoria assured me that she was simply helping my grandmother to express the joy that was already in her soul. One of the great paradoxes of the Christian narrative is that we are given the gift of life, through the death of Jesus Christ. It is because of crucifixion that we have resurrection. Because of Jesus' death, the gift of life is ours to live freely and fully. At the end of the day, there is nothing we can do to make sense of this. It is not logical. It is not necessary. It is an act of love that is beyond measure. Similarly, It is the paradox of loss that compels us to display our love. This part of the paradox is remembered in tonight's gospel reading. Jesus' act of love for the disciples is uncomfortably vulnerable, but necessarily so as he is running out of time. It is one of the purest and most generous examples of love that we have in the Bible. That's the thing about a paradox. It's easy to get trapped in the web it weaves. Part of the nature of the paradox is that it appears self-contradictory or absurd, but in reality, it expresses a truth. On the eve of his death, Jesus is not weighed down by practical concerns. His priority is to spend time with those with whom he was closest. The rationale of economic prudence is brought into the room as they systematically grapple with the consequences of his words and actions. But it's all just a little too much. The absurdity of the scene. You do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. And yet, through the murkiness of it all, bursts this truth he's been pointing to all along I love you, and you should love one another. This love that Jesus talks about is not just emotional, but physical. And it's on display throughout the gospels in the form of shared meals, intimate physical proximity to those who are considered contagious, the raising of a man from the dead, washing the disciples' feet, and the excessive, fragrant anointing he receives from Mary. Jesus makes clear what it feels like to reach out and touch love. Washing the disciples' feet is an act of kenosis, which translates into self-emptying. Kenosis runs the risk of seeming inaccessible, but nothing could be further from the truth. Kenosis is any act of setting aside one's own needs in favor of the needs of another. It's not just the extravagance displayed on the cross, but the countless other moments of Jesus's life and ministry that brought him into contact, physical contact, with others. It is eating and foot washing, and fishing, and effectively camping for days on end without the luxury of a hot shower. There is no limit to what Jesus is willing to do, or share, or communicate, or to do, or to share, to communicate the depths of his love. These moments of self-emptying can be seemingly ordinary, but carry immense risk. The danger comes not in the act of washing itself, but rather whose feet are being washed. Likewise, if we do not feel the danger of our physical acts of love, there's a chance we're not loving the right people, spending time with the right people, or sitting at the table with the right people. Foot washing itself is not dangerous. Washing the feet of the one who was preparing to betray him carried immeasurable costs for Jesus. Victoria's display of love and compassion was tangible to my grandmother. To me, her presence in Granann's life was a source of comfort and peace. To my family, it was a source of scandal when I marched this woman from Tanzania who was not related to us from the pew where she sat in the back of the church and brought her by hand to sit in the family pew at my grandmother's funeral, but that woman's hands, they were the hands that anointed my grandmother for burial. She had offered a blessing that was valuable beyond measure. And just as a small child needs the comfort only a parent can provide, I needed that woman next to me as we bid my beloved grandmother goodbye. Victoria loved my grandmother in a way that defied a simple job description or a medical necessity She poked a hole through my small heart and expanded my very concept of what love could look like. As absurd as it seems, the truth is that Christ loves us enough to die for us. Tonight is the night that we remember that even when his time was running out, Jesus ate with and washed those whom he loved most. Let that wash over you for a minute. Do not be afraid to share your full heart with those who need it most. For it is in emptying that we are filled, in sharing that we find companionship, and in loss that we are reborn. Amen.